everybody, I'm Steve Weens, and this is my podcast where I explore humanity, spirituality, and mystery one word at a time. For more about my work, my writing, my books, my preaching, and all that good stuff, head on over to steveweens.com. Well, hey friends, here we are with Dan Lucas. Hey, Dan. Hello, Steve. Uh, Dan and I have known each other for many years, several years, a bunch of years. Some years. A handful of years. Yep. And uh, we were just in San Diego together with yes. Team World Vision, which was so fun. But we've had this on the on the docket for several months. Yep. Uh, Dan, like me, is a church planter. Uh, like me, he's a husband and father. And he's got a podcast called Lord Teach Us to Pray. It's very cool. Uh, he has gone through the rhythms of the seasons of the church calendar, Advent and Lent. Now he's doing... I think that's now weekly, right? So it used to be daily with the different seasons. Now it's weekly. Now it's kind of experimental. Like, what could this look like outside of Advent and Lent? And before it was uh, actually just giving people daily liturgies for prayer during Advent and Lent. Yeah. Now I'm kind of trying to kick the tires a little bit and see how else the conversation could happen. So today I just uh, posted the new one, and it's a conversation on solitude and silence as prayer. uh, Oh, cool. With Jenna Daniels, uh, who's at Awaken with me. So did you interview Jenna? And, yep. Okay. So not unlike this. Uh, we talked for 60 minutes or so, and I chopped off the edges, added a little bit of music, and Done. Voila. Yep. Done. So it's experimental. Like, what What could this be? Yeah. Well, we're going to talk prayer. Uh, I'm excited for that. I'm excited to ask you the questions that I've put together. And then just really spur of the moment this morning, I just posted on Facebook, like I said, hey, I'm going to be talking uh, to someone. We're going to re- be recording a podcast on prayer shoot your questions. And usually when I do that, honestly, there's like two or three questions, but there was a dozen or so that came out just since this morning. So we're going to hit some of those, (laughs) uh, you know, so this podcast will be no more than four hours long. No more. (laughs) The first part. (laughs) Uh, so anyway, Dan, so great. Uh, We're going to talk prayer. And so my first question is this, how would you define prayer? Uh, have you heard my story about uh, when I was studying with with Rabbi Allen about about this? No. So okay, so maybe I should start there. I've been studying prayer for probably fifteen twenty years uh, intently, yeah. And then whatever I had before that, and so this last year I was doing a day long study with Allen, and during one of the breaks, um, I kind of went up and pulled on his rabbi robe and was like, "Hey, Rabbi, uh, how does how does Scripture define?" prayer. And what I was looking for was like a bumper sticker answer. Yeah. Uh, you don't get those from Alan and I don't think you get those from scripture. And so his answer was uh, to go read Isaiah 58, which is where God talks about um, the, the prophet saying, you seek me, but but there's still oppression happening. Uh, you say you want to, to follow me, but you still uh, do injustice. And and I told Alan, I know that, I know that verse, uh, which was like maybe my immediate first bad step. Um, <laughs> Dude, I know all that. Get to the, get to the, right. get to Give the, me the def- I want the definition. I want the, I want the postcard. Um, and he, so my, so my response was, so tell me, I, I want a shorter version. I want like a dictionary. And he looks at me and he says, what is the definition of a thing beyond what it does? And my head exploded. I had like brain matter everywhere because I had never heard anybody talk about defining prayer by the thing it did in your life. Hmm. And the idea of um, 
of prayer being effective and having an effect and what it does. And then him putting that squarely in that situation where these people were doing prayer, they were doing public worship, they were behaving like people who wanted to be with or near God, but they didn't actually really want to do it because they weren't loving um, the poor, the oppressed, just the people around them. And so for for that to happen, for that answer to be given to me after 15, 20 years of studying and looking at this, I realized how little I knew yeah. about prayer. And it, um, and I actually felt okay about it. I thought I'd be uh, more frustrated that I didn't know more. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, totally. So to, to have prayer be defined as um, being made like God, that's anything that makes me more like my maker is prayer. Whoa. And so I think that's, um, yeah. Anything that makes me more like my maker, that's prayer. Wow. I think so. I think prayer is something that um, is better to be explored than to be defined. Mm. Instead of us trying to uh, figure out what it is um, in a have it, grasp it, know it, own it, uh, I think it's better if it's a pool, we're swimming, we're exp- like, we're just, we're out in a field looking to see what's in the field. Yeah. And there's a lot of places to, um, to look, there's a lot to learn and to kind of have that attitude of, I don't know, in one way, I, I don't, uh, I don't know a lot about prayer. Um, and in other ways I've spent a lot of time studying it and doing it. And so I've, I've learned that I've got some helpful things that, that seem to be helpful to people that are stuck. Oh, that's beautiful. I really like that answer too because it's it it pushes us past where I think in the Western world we go is to our head. You know, I yeah. mean, our head can answer a whole lot of questions about what prayer is and what it isn't, and um, and and this pushes us to say, well, gosh, it could be a lot of things. Yeah, and it how you find out though is really what gets formed in and around you and and from you based on the prayer. I, I love yeah, that. Yeah. I love that. Um, so, okay, this is, this is the question I wrote down next. Okay, all right. And I won't follow my questions all that much. Although I think this one, um, based on your answer to that one, I'm really curious about what your answer would be here. Is there a right way to pray or a wrong way to pray? Oh man. Um, yes. Uh, I think the wrong way to pray is, um, being hard on yourself. Yes. Uh, I think that's the wrong way you do it. The wrong way you do it is thinking there is a, um, a right way or that there are, um, natural things that will come with like just this idea that when we're praying, if we don't get this, like the goose pimples, if we don't feel the thing, it was (laughs) wasted time. And so I think those are, you know, things like that, things that are, these external pressures we put on ourselves for what should or should not be in there uh, or how it should or shouldn't feel yeah. are, are the wrong ways to do it. That being said, I think um, for, for years I fought, I mean, I, I fought hard the idea that um, praying in the morning was the best thing to do. Yeah, And a lot of it was um, just me wanting to be a rebel and be like, I don't need to pray in the morning. I can do this. And as I've, I grew older and I, gain some wisdom, I saw, um, the why, and it's that it's a lot easier to, um, 
to set course when you're on a journey at the beginning yeah. than middle or at the end of the journey. So if prayer is going to be the thing that helps me set my course for the day, why wouldn't I want to do it in the yeah. morning? But this idea that I had to do it or else it wasn't good or right, uh, I really rebelled against. Yeah. So I think there are, uh, there are, but they're not the, um, they're not the easy, simple answers. They're just this sort of the pressure we put on ourselves for what prayer could or should be are the wrong ways to go on it. We just need to relax. We yeah. need to, we need to do it and, and let it be like all the other real things in our lives, like our relationships, our friendships, our jobs, our, our hobbies. There are good days and there are bad days. And the thing to do is to just get up again and do it again tomorrow. Yeah, and why is it that we feel like we need to be experts at it from day one? I have no idea. I mean, does I, that resonate with you? Oh, like, I, like why, why in every other thing we would have to learn it? We would have to learn how or learn our jobs, learn yeah. how to be married to someone, yeah. learn how to be parents. But, but with prayer, we feel like failures if we don't kill it, whatever that means, day one. Yeah, I think there actually is a bigger aversion to being a beginner uh, in our culture than, you know, we don't want to make mistakes. We don't want to really talk about our journeys. Uh, we want, you know, if, if you start as, if it's point A that you start at, um, we all want to talk about point C, the place you get to, but that B, that, that in between the liminal space, the, the, the space where we're being formed or we're growing or we're making mistakes, uh, none of us want to be there. And I think the truth is we're never done being formed. We're never, never done growing, maturing. And we just have this bizarre arrival. I have no idea why, um, I just blame America. Uh, <laughs> America. It's a problem of America. Yeah. Uh, but it's definitely there for me. I was surprised when Alan's answer was, uh, as disruptive as it was to me that I wasn't more frustrated with myself. Yeah. I was really proud that I could feel like a beginner or I had room to learn and I wasn't ashamed of, yes. of being there. That felt right. Yes. Oh, give a, give us a couple of examples of ways that you pray that might be different from one another. Uh, different from people who are listening or different from the ways that I, I do it? Yeah, well, like, like I assume you have several different ways of praying. Yep, so I, I do the Lord's Prayer uh, three times a day. Okay. Um, morning, noon, and evening, and I'm pretty good about it. Um, half the time it goes well, half the time it goes sort of well. I what, do it. What does going well look like? Going well looks like me taking my time and being present when I do it. Mm. Uh, not going well is me doing it because I said I was going to do it. Yeah. And so I don't get in situations like this and be like, yeah, I pray the Lord's Prayer three times a day. But what <laughs> it really means is I do it. You know, so there's a, just an integrity or a, or a, a habit, a practice to it that I, I do it when I don't want to do it. Yeah. Yep. So that uh, that happens. Um, okay. Can I, can I? Yep. I'm gonna. We're gonna remember where you were. Okay. So comma. But you just said this thing of like I'm gonna do it when I don't want to do it. I I th I feel like there is a thing right now. Call it authenticity. Call it being real. Yeah. That would say no. Don't do it when you don't want to do it. Just let your desire lead you. Do it when you do want to do it. You can you can trust that that. What would you say to that kind of spirituality? I don't think that's authentic. I think that's based on our, um, our, what we feel like doing. That's based on our feelings. Yeah. And um, I sure hope that the important things in my life I do when I don't feel like doing. Ah, 
be a parent. Yep. Husband. Husband. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, I don't, I hate picking my kids up from school. I yeah. literally hate the lines. Yeah. I still have to go pick them up. Right. I'm not inauthentic because I'm there. Yes. I'm authentically there because I'm their parent. It just sucks. Yes. Uh, yeah. I love that answer. Thank you for that. Sure. So you pray the Lord's Prayer three times a day, uh, and then you're about to say something else before I so rudely interrupted you. Uh, I also do the Jesus Prayer. So it's a uh, it's one of the oldest early church things. Three four hundred early monasticism, Egypt, Saint Anthony, uh, Jesus, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'll do that in the morning and the evening. But what I try to do is. Uh, do it all throughout my day. Yeah. Like when I have a spare moment, I've got a, a like a prayer rope that I wear mm-hmm. that just when I'm not doing anything, yeah. uh, it reminds me to do it. And it just creates the, the, the whole, I mean, it's, it's horrible to um, dissolve this to a, a single point of it. Cause there's multiple reasons why there's a, a tradition of using the Jesus prayer. But the point is to create prayer of the heart. So this unceasing never ending mm-hmm. um, thing of prayer that we do. Yeah, and I think what I like about that is sort of a breath prayer, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Is you you don't have to come up with the words. Right. God, I, I thank you for this thing. I just, I'm not sure. And that's an effort yeah. where it's sometimes I, I, I just, I, I want to connect with God in a meaningful way. Yep. So I use that too. Yep. Lord Jesus, Son of the living God, have mercy on me. I, I sometimes even shorten that to just have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Have I shorten it to me. help. Yeah, I think that's maybe the most honest, always accurate prayer is simply yeah. to say help. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's so much implied that there's a helper, that I need the helper's help, that yep. there's help available to me. I yep. mean, it's just like you can sit on that one word, that one idea, and big time. Yep. And then my Hebrew nerdness uh-huh. goes to the word azer, okay, which means help. Uh huh. And. But it, it's it's used for the powerful life saving help of God. Where does our I look to the hills? Where does my help come from? It comes yeah. from the Lord, Maker of heaven and earth. I can't remember what psalm that is, but the word is azer, and it it can it 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 connotes this powerful life saving huh. help. That's cool. Ebenezer, yeah. same root. No, different. It's different. Uh, okay. But azer. So the woman is called azer Kenegdo. And that means, so it's always translated help meet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very poor translation, but Azer, help, powerful, life-saving help without which one might die, the kind of help God brings Yes, is the part of the woman, Azer. And then Konegdo means basically standing opposite uh, or standing face-to-face. So face-to-face mm-hmm. companion, powerful help without which one would die. So that's not, it doesn't mean the one who makes meals and does laundry. There's... <laughs> There's more. I make the meals in my house, so I can crack that joke. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. I think I'm going to get hit when I go home um, for that. Oh, beautiful. Um, and we're not going to edit that out because we don't right. edit. So it's, right. it's, it's beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, sort of a breath prayer. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Lord's Prayer three times a day. Is there any other? So there's there's maybe two things that come. The first, um, I think that my first like real entry into prayer was reading The Practice of God's Presence by Brother Lawrence. Yeah. And I have this, uh, these memories of being 16, 17, working uh, in a coffee shop and doing dishes. And Brother Lawrence did dishes. And so actually learning to pray while I was cleaning the stuff and the prayer being, God, clean me like you're cleaning these plates. I mean, that was and still is uh, one of the ways that I do constant, consistent prayers. I try to connect it to the, to the stuff I'm doing. Yes. 
Uh, and what's interesting is, little tangent, I just discovered that that's a huge part of uh, of Celtic, of St. Patrick's, of the mm. prayers they're discovering from the Irish, the early Irish church are these prayers about starting a fire in the morning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as I light this fire in my fireplace, light a fire in me. Like, yes. whoa! So this isn't, you know, it wasn't only 500, 600 years ago that somebody came up with that. That was... Yeah, ancient. Yes. Um, so that's the, the third. And then there's this, like, this hybrid... And this is my favorite way to do it. Um, when I use the Lord's Prayer, I use a psalm. I almost never, uh, I never sit down to pray and just start with a blank sheet of paper. And I'm like, hey, Lord, how mm. are you? Like, mm. I, it's all fixed. It's all formed. I begin with words that aren't mine because uh, I like that. Yes. I need it. I don't want to have to. And then what will happen is, um, you know, Father in heaven, holy is your name. Mm. And then I'll leave space and I'll just wander like i i need to know you're near yeah today abba Uh, i need to know that you're holy and use the the fixed words as a jumping point to then launch out in and then when the moment passes and i'm um, your kingdom come Mm. your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and then even you know thinking about what i where i need to repoint myself yeah and using something that's already written set down as a place to begin expressing my heart yeah. as the blank piece of paper, maybe, right. Maybe that's the paper that I pull out or it's the, the canvas on which I'm going to say some stuff. Yeah. I love that. I grew up in a church that never said this, but it was definitely implied that any written out prayers that anyone would ever use. Like if anyone were to get up in church and read a written out prayer, yeah, the assumption was that they were less spiritual, right? Because they just they didn't have the the power, that intimacy with God to to spontaneously come up with words. That was that was the assumption, and no one ever said that, right? But I guarantee you, that's the culture that we grew up with. I've since come to learn, I think, what you have that there's a grace, there's a rest, there's a power in using some of these pre-written words. Not because I can't come up with the words, but because to try to come up with the words is sometimes so much work. And it, it that is where the work goes yeah. versus where you said, like in the open spaces to allow God to meet you there. Yeah, I, th- that actually pisses me off that because I feel the same thing you felt up felt growing up. I feel I still feel that. Yeah. And so when I talk about praying with people, that's one of the first places of resistance I get and I just can't believe how blind we are that's our worship music we yeah. sing songs they're written out right and we have these amazing experiences and and we somehow are just so blind to go oh but it's different if I read something from from scripture that's it's just in, it's insane to me I can't not see it that way anymore yeah um, and the other part with it is when I look at prayer in scripture when we just look at how prayer was that's all the prayers are just yeah. recycled earlier prayers. Mary's the Magnificat is she's just riffing on the Psalms. She's yep. pulling a line from here, a line from there, yep. something from the prophets. I mean, Jesus frequently uh, pulled from the Psalms in his prayers. You looked at his prayer in, in the wilderness. He's quoting scripture. Yes. He's not proof texting the thing to tell the devil to go away. <laughs> He's reminding himself of yeah. this, of this great truth. And there's this, can I go somewhere real quick? Yes. All right. So, that one of the things that struck me as I started really digging in on prayer was when you look at um, how prayer happens in Scripture, where 
where we're taught what prayer is, there's this, it's not, it's just very, we don't get a good teaching moment. I think the best teaching and the earliest teaching moment is when Moses, um, when they're wandering around and he, uh, the wilderness, they're being formed as a people and he gives them the Shema, the hero Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord, your God with everything, your heart, soul, mind, strength. And then he, you know, talks about the commandments come a little bit later. And I consider that to be the first, uh, prayer given in scripture. Like yeah, that's a Shema. moment. And what's curious to me about that is, uh, that prayer is said to people about God. Hmm. Where for most of us, we think about prayer as it's stuff we say to God about people, ourselves, our neighbors, and everybody else. But it's completely flipped at the beginning. At yes. the very beginning, prayer is a proclamation that people say to each other. I say to you, Steve, here, Steve, the Lord our God is one. Love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's the first prayer we're given as people of God. Wow. And it's it's flipped. We don't we don't even want to think about it that way. Wow. I've never thought about that before. Cause that would be another rule. Right. You know? Talk to God, don't talk to people. Right. I I, I still you yes. know, it's like I... you think about the worship songs that we flushed down the toilet. They were like these, you know, proclamation songs. Yeah. And we all want to sing vertical songs where we talk to you about me. And it's all good. We should do that. But what we've forgotten is this great tradition of prayer as proclamation to each other. To each other about God. About God. Yep. Yes. The idea of like sitting in a room and singing Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And I'm looking at you while I'm singing yeah. those words yeah. and I'm going, I'm not alone. Yeah. I'm not the only schmuck out here trying to just get his shoes tied and hope he doesn't screw his kids up and everything yeah. else going on. Yeah. Wow. All right. So, uh, so you're sitting with someone at the coffee shop and you're talking about prayer and they never have prayed before. I mean, honestly, they, like maybe a couple of kneel down by their bedside when they were kids. But uh, well, how would you tell them where they should start? I think the first thing is you're already praying. You don't know it. Ah, that's I. Th- um, and then there's some conversation there on, well, what do you, you know? How do you how do you mean? And you get some story and you go, well, that moment where you were hoping, longing, wishing, you know, Paul uh talks about the unknown God. Yeah. That's, oh, that's the one. He, yes, he, he, yes. It's a, it's a moment like that where you go, actually that longing, that thing you're expressing for things to be different, Yeah. Uh, to be on earth as it is in heaven, that, yeah. that where you wish it was right, that's a prayer. Wow. Okay, so notice the places you, notice your desire. Yes. Notice the places. I've also heard one time someone said like, worry is just misguided prayer. Or, yep. you know, so... Like, would you speak to that? Um, notice where you're worrying. Yep. And maybe put some intention toward that. Bring God into that. I mean, or would you say, no, you're already, I mean. It, yeah. Um, so the beginning conversations with prayer are usually, uh, I usually actually go to the um, build a habit and do the pray the Lord's Prayer three times a day. Yeah. Uh, because to, to start, dealing an abstraction about something that it's abstract is yeah. it, it just feels like it's a it's it's a lose-lose yeah so um try this yep go home and when you wake up in the morning you probably know the lord's prayer if you're you know most people know yep. it if you don't i can get you a copy yep uh do that before when you begin your day and when you end your day mm-hmm. and just pay attention let's go there yep go there let it sink in and then let's talk again uh in a week or 
the or next in a time month I or a year. You. Yep. And don't you think most people want to graduate too soon? You know, like, hey, I've been yes. doing this for three days. I, I think I'm ready for something new. Yep. Uh, I was re- one of the things that I read about the Lord's Prayer that just resonated with me was, "Who among us can graduate from it?" <laughs> like, NT, it was NT Wright, I think, yeah. said that, and I'm like, "Well, if that guy can say that, then I should never be able to say I graduated from this." Yeah. And uh, yeah, so. Um, that's where I tell people typically to begin. That or with the Psalms. Oh my goodness. Okay, beautiful. I'm going to pull up, uh, and again, this Facebook, I mean, like a lot of people uh, commented. So There were some about, scary questions there. Yeah, I, I haven't even, I looked at a few of them, then I went out to lunch. and now. Okay, so uh, my beautiful friend Andrew Mook. Uh, why do some people feel compelled to turn all prayer into a vague, meditative, self-centric, centering practice? Ha ha ha. Why, when it has such a pursuing, asking, delivering, worship dynamic in, in, in Scripture? In other words, why do we explain away the biblical realities of prayer? Is this just to justify our lack of experience? Can't wait. And then he says, P.S. I obviously love meditative prayer. Yeah. But I think what he's what he's getting at is, have we turned all prayer into just this emptying yep. uh, go? Squishy prayer. Yeah. yeah. So Vague. There, what's interesting about when you try to get a definition for prayer is uh, every definition is going to fail because it'll either be too squishy, as he's yep. saying, it'll be too big, too abstract, too mushy for us to actually get any definition out of it. Like prayer is communicating with God. Yeah. So what? Like yeah. now what? Okay. Yeah. Right. About what? For what? Like it, it's just a really, really big answer that doesn't mean anything. And then you can go the other extreme and you can swing it all the way to the, the other side and give a really specific answer. Prayer is asking for stuff. Yes. And yes, it is. But it's that plus, 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 plus. And so I... I don't know why everybody else decides that... Uh, I don't know why there's a movement for squishy prayer. I do know that it's uh, a lot easier for us to talk about that we do when it doesn't have any concrete reality to it. Yeah. And squishy also feels like it's feeling-based to me, like it smells an awful lot like I don't want to pray when I don't feel like praying. Yeah. And we have this uh, way in which we want to reject structures. We think that limits are bad, right. but they're really good. When you want to create something, you have to have an edge to your canvas. You have to have a, a palette for doing things. And so uh, I think the the push to get squishy is because we don't really want to be people who pray. We want to be people who talk about pray, prayer. Interesting. Okay, good. All right, uh, here's another one. My friend Claire asks, what do you do when your prayers aren't answered or they're answered in a way that's different than you thought? And then she gets real. Uh, what do you do when you've been praying for something for effing years and God has taken a sweet ass time to answer it? Wait, wait, is this Amber? No, oh. this is Claire, my friend Claire. <laughs> uh, oh man. <laughs> but hi, Amber. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. I don't know. Um, find a shoulder to cry on. D- don't pretend. Yeah. Post questions like that on Facebook and yeah. know that you're not alone be in a community where unanswered prayer is a reality that's held yes uh, and not explained away nope. not answered too quickly yep not glib well the Lord is in control and God knows all things and right. you just need to predestined yeah. before yeah. the foundation of yeah. the world that yeah. this would be uh, I don't yeah. know like I, hold on and find someone to hold on with yeah beautiful beautiful Okay, uh, Tracy asks, what are the benefits of organized corporate prayers? Like, 
Hail Mary, she says, full of grace. Man, the Hail Mary thing is awesome. Uh, when I saw that question, I was kind of hoping we were going to hit that because we Protestants, we just freak out with Mary. And if we go back to that Shema piece, that yeah. prayer is said uh, to each other about God, and we hold that in one hand. In the other hand, we go, prayer is about making us more like God. If if anything can be prayer that makes me more like God, then a a, a prayer like the Hail Mary, remembering yep. who Mary is, yep. who who she carried within her, that she is a I want to emulate her. Yeah. Man, I want to be just like her. I want to say yes. When God asks me to do insane things that fly in the face of conventions, I want to say yes. And so I think the the value is remembering that we're part of a huge story. There's a huge family and I'm not alone. Yes. yes. And I think, uh, you know, you get into the, like praying to the dead people. Right. Uh, you know, I don't like, uh, I ask living people to pray for me. And if we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, then maybe asking someone who's passed that's surrounding me to pray for me isn't a bizarre thing. I don't know. Well, and I think, yes, someone could, could get in our face and say theologically this or that. But I think when you're reaching out for someone to pray for you, Again, no penalty box here, right? right? Yes. Uh, it, it, that that. It, let's not worry too much about getting it wrong. Yep. Um, the motivation is I need help. Yep. Okay. Uh, Jen Miller, uh, I'm going to go prayer 101 here. Uh, but what's the purpose of prayer? Is it more than us asking God to fix it? It has to be because God doesn't always fix it. Uh, he does as he sees fit. No. Is it more that we just lift it up to God to help us handle the weight of a situation? Uh, it's something I've struggled with for the past few years. I still pray, but I'm not always sure what the point is. So a couple months ago, a friend was asking for prayer for another friend whose son took off, ran away. Yep. And about halfway through this, um, she'd asked me the question. She's like, "What the? What, what, why am I even praying? Like, what's the point? Is yeah. the point that something good happens? Would God not have done the good thing if I wouldn't have done the prayer thing? Yep. Like, there's this equation mentality that make we, we do with prayer. And... What I started to see was, um, as I prayed for people, I began to love them. That's what changed in me. Yeah. And so I don't have, um, I don't think I have all the answers to that question, but I do know for me, when I pray for people about things, my heart changes. Yes. And as my heart becomes more like God's heart for people, I become more loving. Yes. And then I just, and then my chest, my questions change sometimes. Yes. And I start asking different questions um but i think that's one of the one of the parts to prayer is loving you, you end up loving the people you pray for even if you don't get what you what you want or they want and to me that goes back to your original it becomes it makes me become more like my maker yeah who loves that person yep right and so thus jesus says pray for your enemies you know love your enemies pray for them that persecute you well there's a number of reasons why that's probably true but one of them is so that we can learn to love them. Yeah. Right? Ugh, so good. Uh, all right, my friend Sean, uh, I've often found that I like to disguise the answers I want to hear in God's voice. How can we distinguish God speaking to us from our own desires? <laughs> when he figures that out. Um, <laughs> Let you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you do. I think any attempt to uh, arrive at a place where we can pull ourselves out of the answers. Mm -hmm. it, it, I just don't think it's a reality. I think everything is uh, half God yeah. at best. Yeah. And I think that's okay. 
because I'm not, uh, the whole like Jesus take the wheel thing breaks down for me at a certain level, like on a basic level, just get in my car. Yeah. Um, tell me where to go. Uh, sure. Take the wheel if I fall asleep or, or, but this just idea that, um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't have a clue. Yeah. And I, I do know that if things don't smell like Jesus, like if, uh, if there's too much self-promotion, if yeah. there's, if love's absent, I mean, go yeah. back to love. If love is absent from what I'm hearing, yeah, then I gotta, I gotta check myself a little bit. That's good. Yeah. And maybe would you add group discernment into this answer? Like, um, I can trick myself yep. into believing that God said this, but if I pull in five or six people that I know love God and love me, and I say, listen, I don't know the answer to this question, but I'm seeking the answer. Would you seek it with me? And then we, we go together yeah. and they get away. We talk together. And if I hear, you know, six out of six, they say the same thing that I'm hearing, then yep. I have more confidence. Yeah. Group discernment's yeah. great. That, yeah. That's super helpful. I, I wouldn't say it's the only way to go or even always the way to go. Yep. Because I think sometimes only you know, right? Yep. I mean, and it's a gamble. Right. Right. I mean, you don't totally know. Right. There are I mean, moments where uh, everyone thinks you're crazy. Right. Right. You know, I mean, what if right. Noah would have been looking for group right. discernment? Yeah, I'm going to build an ark. Right. <laughs> Dude, you're crazy. You're nuts. Right. right. Yeah. And there's old Noah. Yeah. Uh, and so I, it's both. It's and. It's. Yeah. Uh, it, it's. And the other thing is going back to it, it's okay to not get it right. Yeah. It's okay to be a person who hears poorly. Because this isn't about us hearing well. That's yeah. not the goal. Good. All right, another one from my friend Brad. Uh, in John 14 through 16, four times Jesus says, ask for whatever you want in my name and it'll be done. What do you do about that? How do you answer that one? I don't know. I, got, I, got, <laughs> I don't know. Like, yes. Yeah. Uh, but I think we need to maybe think about what it means to ask for something in someone's name. Yeah. I mean, that's an, you know that's not like a... Uh, an answer nobody's given before, but like thinking about, can you ask for certain things in Jesus's name and think about the things Jesus asked and didn't get. I mean, he asked for the cup to be moved yep. if it was possible and it yep. didn't happen. Yep. So, um, I mean, even right within there, you've got some conflict in the story. Yeah. Or if you want to turn it into like a systematic or a set of rules yeah. to follow, I, I think it breaks down. Yes. So, uh, but I don't know. I don't know what to, I mean, that's the unanswered prayer or the, the bad prayer. Yeah. I don't get what I want or what I need. But I, I, I like your, you know, what does it mean to ask for something in someone's name? Certainly that doesn't mean to tag the name onto the end of a prayer as, right. as if like a, like a magic wand. Right. We're not talking about just, yeah, if I ask for blah, blah, blah. And then I put in Jesus name on the end of it, then it's going to happen. That's, that's ridiculous. That's so it would need to be in the character of Jesus, right? Yeah. I'm, it smells like Jesus. I, if you ask for something in the character of Jesus, what smells like Jesus, now that's still not a... Right. You know, lots of people, that their son would get uh, healed of his disease and then he dies. That, uh, you know, there's lots of... So there, there can be no 100% sure because that's... that's all of a sudden now we're not, that's mastery, not mystery, right? Yeah, there's, I think even in there, Jesus talks about in this world, you'll have trouble. Yes. And so I don't think what he's talking about is the solution of all trouble. Yes. Oof. Yes. 
Gosh, that's good. All right. Um, there's a lot more in here. I mean, there's a lot more. Oh my gosh. There's like long, <laughs> long, long. Um, but I do want to ask, okay, here's an easy one. Maybe should non-Catholics use the rosary? I do. Yep. Um, I don't use Hail Mary, Yep. but I use it as a way to uh, count my prayers, not because I get points uh, when I get certain, you know, when I get to 33, then I suddenly get another jewel in my crown. But they came about for a couple reasons. The first is they helped track time before there were clocks. Yes. And so yes. if you wanted to practice for a chunk of time, which isn't that, we, we talk, pray for 10 minutes. I have 10 minute, five minute, right. whatever. Like, so that's normal. Yep. And then also... Uh, it's a thing you can do while you're doing another thing. So yeah. for those among us who need something tactile to touch or something to do so we don't get distracted yes. and see squirrels, it's that. <laughs> squirrels. Right. Yeah, you know, one of my friends, Seth, he's making me a, a, a rosary bracelet. Cool. Because I, I, I noticed he had one. Yep. And I was, I was like, oh, where did you get that? And he said, actually, I made it. I'll make one for you. That's would cool. you like one? And I said, yes, I really would. <laughs> For all those reasons you just listed, I mean, it's 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 kinesthetic, it's tactile, yep. it's, um, and I just think again, it goes along with what you said. For the most part, there's no penalty box, you know. Right. Again, the point is, when I pray, I am made to be to look like, be like my Maker. There's lots of ways to do that, um, and I, I do, in general, I agree with you, Dan we waste our time when we try to figure out what the penalty box is. And if there's all these things we can do wrong. Um, <clears throat> okay. Another one is a really good one. Amy, um, why should God listen to me when there are children dying in Syria? And if God is listening to me, ask for help maintaining my middle-class life while doing nothing about the children in Syria, why in the world should I worship that God? This is why I can't pray right now, she says, because I want God to listen to me and answer me, but I don't know that God even does that. And if God does that, then God is answering all the wrong prayers. So that's from Amy. That's Amy. So Amy, I want to be your friend. I want to buy you a cup of coffee and I want to look at you um, when I give you this answer. Uh, I think the answer is within your question. The thing you just said is... Uh, it's God speaking to you about what your priorities are and trying to pull you past them a little bit more. That's what, if we're becoming more and more like our maker, the one who made us, then we get pulled out of being selfish, being people that only think about ourselves and have a bigger, wider vision of vision he has. And if you're in a spot where you're seeing all the stuff that's happening halfway across the world, the tragedy, and you find yourself consumed with, you know, I don't know if it's, shoes or cars or status or whatever it is i think that point of tension you're feeling is god's spirit speaking to you and uh, why should he listen to you because he's your abba hmm. and he he does care he does care about um every tiny detail even to your parking spot that you get at the mall i think the question you're asking yourself is why is that all i care about yeah um but i I don't know you, but I want you to know that I say that like lovingly. Like that. Yeah. there's a challenge there, and I, I feel that all the time. Um, why am I praying about crap that doesn't matter when there's really important things that matter out there? Yeah. And you just, you just ask for what you think you need, and you listen. Yeah. And maybe it's something like this where God speaks, and somebody says, "It's moving beyond ourselves." 
Beautiful. Okay, uh, you got time for a couple more? Yep. All right, my friend Ann, uh, what do you do when you feel like praying just makes everything worse? <laughs> I I remember in high school uh, praying for bad stuff to happen because we thought if bad stuff happened, then it was like, then we're in it. You're in the struggle. Yeah, like... You're, you're a faithful person because right. bad things are happening. Right, and like so... Even saying that right now, my first reaction that I hadn't even thought about is like, well, that's a very white male thing to think, right? Like, I don't have enough trouble. Bring it on. Um, read the question again, will you? All right. And so I'm going to preface it. Yeah. I'm, this is my friend yeah. who I know. And her life and her family's life is nuts. Yep. I mean, so many things have gone wrong. I mean, it, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Like... um. And so I think I can feel a little bit of where her question comes from. But um, what do you do when you feel like praying just makes everything worse? Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like that's one of the, you know, it goes back to one of the first answers, which is just hold on. Yeah. I don't know. Find people to hold on with you. Yeah. That's it. Like, yeah. There's. I, yeah. Stuff. Life sucks. And prayer doesn't make life not suck. And I think, um, and I'm not going to. Uh, say this this is not actually an answer to Anne because I don't think she's asking this particular question this way but um, we can tend to think prayer is supposed to fix stuff yeah and sometimes it does that's yep. what's beautiful about it yep. right but um, many times it doesn't and I don't know that there's a purpose in that like some people say well it's so that your faith can get deepened. Right. You know, that's why God doesn't answer prayers is because your faith. Can get de- and I don't quite buy that either. That sure. that sounds capricious. Uh, that paints a picture of God that is that is so uncreative that God has to sort of punish you yeah. to make your faith go deeper. I don't know that I buy that. Maybe, maybe. Um, so I, I like the answer of hold on and maybe find some people when you can't pray anymore yeah. that will keep praying. Yep. Yeah, there's like this um, way of praying when we don't have anything left to say or to give. It's yeah. surrender. Yeah. Ugh. And I even, I don't actually mind the answer uh, that there's a deeper purpose. Yeah. I just, I just don't think anyone should give it. Yeah. Ugh. That's the wrong. Yeah. Usually when someone as asks that question that answer doesn't help right and it might be true right it, I, I mean if there's a tradition of that in the scriptures i mean yeah. joseph yeah you know god did amazing things through his through really difficult and that plays over and over and over and over again but to suggest to someone suffering that they should just look for and hold the deeper purpose yeah i just don't know that i love my brother my sister when that's my answer. Yep. That seems like yep. a, uh, we'll get over it answer. Yep. Not a, I'm going to sit with you. Yeah. I call that a middle finger answer. Like, yes, I'm tired of dealing with your disturbing question that I'm sick of hearing you ask. Right. So middle finger. Right. Here's your answer. And, and we want to give that answer because I think we don't want to recognize that we're scared that that could happen to us. Yeah. Like yeah. we want to believe that people suffer because they've done bad things you know right. who sinned this man or his parents yeah. oh, neither goodness. yeah yeah it just happens it's part of the deal i don't know why like that's you know into the very middle of the mystery of of how and what god's doing 
Ugh. I love your answers, Dan. This is so good. A couple more. Uh, Joe asks, can you change the mind of God when you pray? In the scriptures, it seems like he says there are certain instances where God does. And I can remember sure. uh, Moses does this. You know, um, if there are as few as 40 people, will you, right. will you, you know, and then it goes down to 10. And, and Daniel does it too. And um, so do you think prayer changes the mind of God? Um. Uh, I have no idea. I think when we talk about prayer, I'm the question I end up with is I want the mind of Christ. Yep. The mind of my maker. Yep. So uh I don't know. Hmm. It does seem to be there. There does seem to be this tradition of of you know, of places where God does things he wasn't gonna do and somebody changed his mind. Yeah. And that seems to me to be in line with the all vulnerable, limited God we see in Jesus, where He is, He is changeable, growable in the belly, the uncreated Creator. Right? I mean, um, but you like almost have this tension between the Almighty and the all vulnerable. Yeah, and both are true. Right. Of of God, and so that's a, I don't know. Yeah, I once heard Jean Vanier say or write, "If God is love." then God must be the most vulnerable yeah. creature on, on, on planet Earth. Yep. That's good. And I don't know the answer to that either. I think for me, it, it doesn't bother me that God might change God change God's minds. That, that that doesn't that doesn't bother me. I think it would really bother some people. Yep. And I even think if it bothers you to the to the point of like you can't handle it. Yeah. Then right, put it aside. Like don't don't okay. I, you know, God doesn't change God's mind and that's right. I mean, yeah. that's okay. Yep. That's okay. Um, on the other hand, if it, if it's because it's unclear, because it's unclear, is it okay to go? But if you need to feel like there's an option there that your prayer really is, has efficacy yeah, and agency. Yeah. If, if you need to believe that, that God can change God's mind, then, then go for it. Yeah. Let's let prayer be a mystery to explore. Yeah. And, the question I end up going to just after you were saying that is, does it matter what I think? Does my thought on it change any reality other than my own? Right. And so, no. So I'm just going to go with what I, what I got and assume that what I need is going to be given tomorrow. Ah, man, that's good. Ah, oh, all right. So, uh, I, I have a couple more and that really was, I mean, almost gosh, Oh, we have, we have one more okay. question from fa- Facebook, unless there was more. Um, <laughs> geez. Uh, Bronwyn says, I find it difficult to know how to pray. Perhaps I'm not transformed enough to pray well yet. Uh, I find myself handling everything, handing everything over to God and just saying, help me to be who you created me to be somehow. Um, what would you say to Bronwyn? So I think like that hits my Jesus prayer territory. Yeah. Where it's a constant, I, I love that, that that prayer is beautiful and help me to be who you made me to be. If that's my thought all day long, that's fantastic. Yeah. But if she's at a spot where she's going, I don't know, I got nothing past that. That's where I like, you know, all right, let's, yeah, like, let's go somewhere. Let's go somewhere. And so then I would say, um, do the Lord's Prayer twice, three times a day, and then add to that a psalm hmm. uh, each time you do it. And 
let that begin to form your language and to let you feel like you can exp- let them be maps let them be uh like a a treasure map yeah that can lead you around and uh i think that's just that's where we go from there yeah it's not that she's reached the end of it there's more but you know go to the psalms go to the lord's prayer uh for me it's uh silence psalm uh the shema or the jesus creed the way Jesus does it in the gospels and then the Lord's prayer. Yeah. And that's a, that's a daily for me. Yeah. And love it. Yeah. And do you find like relax when you want to feel something or you want an answer? Or you, yeah. do, you, do you find yourself, it helps just to relax. This is not about generating some crazy feeling or some, you know, electric connection. Yep. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes it doesn't, but that's not, you know, right. Yes. Yes, absolutely. That's what it starts to manage. It starts to teach you that, uh, I mean, for so many, like the modern evangelical with the light show, the rock and roll thing, we equate God's presence with an emotional high. Yeah. We're addicted. Yeah. And so when those things don't happen, we somehow think that that is not, that right. God's not there. And there's just so many things wrong with that. So he's not there. There's yeah. a uh, there's a place where the you know the whole earth is the Lord. This is his, right. I it just and so when you go to something practice that you can do that you can check off a structure, you just reteach your body new habits. Yeah. And do you, that rem, that reminds me of you know, so when we pray for God to show up, right? What are we praying for? I mean, that we show up. Yeah. That we're present. That's the, for me, that's the irony of that prayer is, yeah. God, I want to experience your presence. And what I really, really mean is I want to be present to your presence. Yes. I want to come present to your presence, Yep, which is already here. Yep. It's already, I have a, a plaque in my office, big gold plaque that says, you know, bidden or not, God is present. Mm. And it's in my office because that's what I need to remember. Yeah. That, and not as some boogeyman, Santa Claus elf on the shelf. You know, that's looking for you to screw up because I think that's and we laugh, but I think that's what most right. people fear when we like if God is always there, then God is always seeing that I'm me. screwed. Yeah, I'm screwed. No, God is always there, always ready to help Azer, hmm. always ready to be with. And if anyone had the, you know, in Jesus without judgment. Right. You know, so if anyone has the the capacity and even the the right to judge it would be jesus but we read because of the work on the cross and the death and the ascension the resurrection the ascension the presence is without judgment yep so we can be with um okay uh i think this needs to be my last question um and then i want to hear anything that you wish i would have asked (laughs) but uh let's talk about how your picture of god affects prayer Oof. How does, it's everything. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely everything. I think there's a, a, a a tone in the voice that connects right back to our picture of God. So like when I read, um, Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. 
I was just reading that and how fast Peter went from getting, you're the Christ, the yeah. son of the living God. And then Jesus started to tell them how he would be handed over and must suffer and all that. And Peter's like, whoa, 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 not going to happen. And then Jesus says to Peter, because Peter's an idiot, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sometimes I need to be spoken to that way. But what if there was mercy in the voice of mercy when yeah. he said that to me? When he said, no, you need to get behind me, Satan. There's a softness. Mm. And I think they go back to these pictures of, of how we see God or, or what we think his heart is towards us. Yeah. You know, is he the angry Zeus in the sky with a lightning bolt? Yeah. Is he the, um, is he the Christ on the cross? That's part of why I love, um, crucifixes yeah. with Jesus on there because it, what it, rem- what it reminds me of is my starting point. Uh, of where I leave the abstraction of the almighty, the uncreated creator is this picture of, of nail held to something. Yeah. Uh, power, ultimate powerlessness. Yeah. Uh, subject to his subjects. Yeah. And, and then the words, father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And I think that's why we have to, return to studying the life of Jesus. I've got this whole other tangent about the calendar, the church calendar. Yep. And I'm, I remain convinced that um, we're just telling a really crappy story. And mm. when we tell Advent, Christmas tide, Epiphany, Lent, uh, Passion week, Easter tide, uh, the Ascension, yeah. Pentecost, when we get yeah. back to telling that story of Jesus, we start to change who we think we're praying to, who we're talking to, who we're, we're, we're aiming at. Yeah. And I think it's everything. I think the picture of God is absolutely everything. And I think the way to begin forming our picture in the way that I think church tradition tells us to, it's why we have the gospels yep. is to put ourselves back in the story of Jesus. Yeah. I started, um, Abba. Uh, Abba. That's how I start every prayer. And it reminds me that um, Father's fine, Dad's fine, but Jesus used Abba. Abba. And there's this tender, there's this informality to it. Yeah. And it doesn't, f- I don't bring the daddy baggage that, that's all over our, you know, yeah. our modern lands- landscape when I use Abba. Yeah. And so, and that helps me picture someone who Jesus liked. And if Jesus liked him, I like Jesus, so then I like God. Yeah, the yeah, beautiful. That's that's so well spoken, and I do think it's I think it's everything. And if we find ourselves, if we find that it's hard to pray, I think the next n- the next move is to say, okay, I'm gonna put words yeah. to my pic my actual picture of God, not the picture of God I should have, yep, but the picture of God I do have. And maybe that's uh, angry, maybe it's police officer. Not that there's anything wrong with the police officers. I'm just saying, right. you know, maybe um, maybe it's judge. Maybe it's all those things that, and then Lord help me to, you know, maybe do the Lord's prayer to help you to re recraft, reform yeah. that. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anything you wished I would have asked you about prayer that I didn't? Uh, anything I wish you would have asked me about prayer that you didn't? I don't think there's anything I wish you would have asked me. <laughs> I would maybe say this as like a a. Uh, just a closing thought. Uh, the One of the best questions that I think I find anywhere in Scripture 
is when the disciples asked Jesus how to pray. Yeah. They saw what he'd been doing. He was, they thought he was, they followed him. They left everything to follow him. And there are so many of us who, uh, underneath all of it, I mean, I think you hear it in all those questions and most of the discussions. Most of us think prayer is important. Most of us suck at it. Yeah. And I think the right place to start is shown uh, in, in the gospel. And it's, yeah. it's putting ourselves in the, the shoes of the disciples and saying, mm. Lord, teach us to pray. Yeah. And I think that, uh, that's, that's a great place to begin and to stay mm. is to maybe even letting that be our, our question. Teach us to pray. We don't know what this is. We're swimming in a mystery. Uh, there's a lot of things that compete and pull theological tensions, difficult realities and teach us to pray yeah beautiful well friends dan is actually in the process of planting a church uh most likely on the east side of the twin cities here uh, st paul so if you are a st paul person you're going to want to find out uh about dan lucas he's at awaken covenant community right now and that's who they're planting from so get to know dan through awaken i'll put the i'll put the link on the show notes to awaken and encourage you to get to know dan uh beautiful guy uh dan this is great i mean i'm actually looking forward to listening to this again cool because it was it was powerful for me so we're dust and we're breath we're human and we're holy we're limited and we're limitless and we are in it together Thanks, my friend. Thanks. Thanks.